I'm excited to uh, continue on this series that we've been uh, started last week about our, our family. Of, <clears throat> of course, a lot of the information that I'm covering in this series, you may think that it is all for just moms and dads or parents that uh, because we, we believe that nobody has a greater opportunity to influence a child than his or her parents, right? Amen? Uh, God has placed all of the parents in this room in a very unique spot. Uh, if you're watching online, parents, you are in a unique spot as well, where you get to influence another human being. Maybe two, or maybe three, or maybe five of them, but you get to influence those people more than anyone else on the face of the earth. But this information in this series is not just for parents, it's for grandparents, it's for aunts and, and uncles, and it's for the family of God as well, because we are all in this together, right? We should be watching out for our kids, but we need to also be watching out for the kids of others. Um, God has entrusted us with a whole bunch of, of children in kid zone and uh, teenagers in refuge that we get to teach and inspire and to grow and to further their relationship with Jesus. But we have a limited amount of time in order to do that. You've probably seen something like this graphic here before. It's also in your notes. If you are a parent of a newborn, don't want to depress anybody here, but your time is limited. Uh, starting, uh, start counting the weeks. If you're a parent of a newborn, you have about 936 weeks left before that newborn grows up and graduates high school. 936. Kindergartners. You have 676 weeks left. And yes, some of those weeks are really, really long. I understand that. It's okay. Sixth graders. Uh, if you're a parent of a sixth grader or starting sixth grade, they have about 364 weeks left. Ninth graders, 208 weeks left. If you have somebody that's going to be a senior this week or this year, this coming year, they are going to graduate in about 48 weeks from now. Our time is limited. The wisest man on earth said that there is a time and a season for everything under the sun. He said there is a time to be born and a time to die. There's a time to mend and a time to tear apart. There's a time to weep time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, that for everything has its season. And we have a limited time. We have a particular season that we have been given as parents or as grandparents or here at PFN. We have a particular season why these kids are in our midst, a particular season to help each other out. Let us never take for granted one of these weeks that we get to have with our kids. Let us not take for granted, PFN, that we have these kids under our direct care. They're here for a reason. We have a responsibility for them. All of us want to do a great job in our parenting. I don't know of anybody that's looked at their brand new baby and looked at the, there at that baby and said, oh, I sure hope that I do a horrible job raising this kid, right? None of us in this room uh, said that, but we also know that parenting is hard. If you were to 
go to remix into that Sunday school class uh, last week, one of the questions that was asked is, what does your child have to deal with that you never dreamed of when you were that age? See, the world has changed, completely changed, even from when the youngest parents in this room were kids. It's completely changed. And so we may ask ourselves, is is it even possible anymore to achieve success in this world while raising a healthy family at the same time? Is it possible to raise a faithful kid in this world today? See, we want successful kids, don't we? We want faithful kids that turn into adults. But the goal of our parenting is not to raise a moral kid that keeps our name out of the paper. Or, I'm dating myself, keeps our name off of the internet, right? The goal of parenting is to raise a kid that loves Jesus with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength, period. Everything else is secondary to that. And we are not raising our kids for success as the world defines success. Our goal as parents is to raise our kids up so that they have a relationship with the one who knows them or knew them even before they were formed in their mother's womb. That's who they need to have a relationship with the most. They need to have a relationship with the one who will never leave them or forsake them. The one who will give them the strength and the courage to face any of the trials that they face in life. I love this Psalm and Psalm 127. It says, children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children in one's youth. What I noticed here though, is that this psalmist doesn't say they're like swords in the hands of a warrior, right? Because a sword can only go where that warrior is at. The the sword can only fight the battles right around that warrior. And if the warrior isn't holding the sword the whole time, the sword is absolutely powerless. So the psalmist used arrows here, I think, for a reason. For an arrow is meant to be sent into a place where a warrior cannot go. A warrior, or an arrow is sent to a place where the warrior cannot be, or maybe isn't even designed to be. Too often I believe that we treat our kids as an extension of ourselves. We want our kids to kind of turn out or do the things we do, or maybe do the things that we didn't have the opportunity to do. But we need to remember that we are raising our children, and that includes the children back in kid zone, to influence their ways, influence their world in a way that we will never be able to, right? I can't influence the world the same way that my sons can. I can't reach their world the same way that they can. And so there's none, there's no one way, or there is one way that all of us are the same, however. And that is every single one of us and every single one of our kids have been born with a sinful nature. 
I've said that before, uh, that all our kids are born with this uh, propensity to sin, uh, this sinful nature. And I've upset some parents, especially new parents, like I was calling their little baby sinful. And, and maybe they thought I was calling their little baby evil. That's not what I'm talking about here, right? None of us want to think that our kids have a sinful nature, but they do. I'm not saying that your toddler is morally responsible for his or her sin, but they still have that curse that's upon them. Let me ask you, how many, how many parents here did you ever have to teach your kids how to be bad? None of you. Absolutely none of us, right? They did it perfectly on their own without any instruction from us. See, I didn't have to ever have a training session with either of our boys and say, hey, there's going to be a time when your mom asks you to clean your room. Now, this is what I need you to do. I need you to gather up all your stuff and just shove it underneath your bed. And then when mom asks you if you, if you cleaned your room, you lie to her and you tell her that you have. See, I didn't, I didn't need to tell them that, right? Sorry, Ian and Isaiah. <laughs> I didn't need to tell them any of that. Our children have been born with a sinful nature. And we as parents get to lead them towards an experience where they can become born again and realize that they do need Jesus in their life. Every single one of us here have been born without knowing Jesus. None of us were born knowing what Jesus' love for us is like. None of us were born knowing about his grace. And so we as parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and kid zone workers, we get this opportunity to teach and to train our kids. We get the opportunity every single week for our PFN kids to learn about the presence of Jesus. You get to do that in your homes as well. You get to teach about his presence, his power, his mercy, and his grace. We get to show them what forgiveness looks like, what the patience of Christ looks like. And parents, we get to train them and teach them. So again, repeating what I said last week is, is we believe that what happens under the roof of your house is more important than what happens in any other. A quick word maybe for people that think, well, pastor, I don't have any kids at home. Maybe they're grown or maybe you don't have uh, children yet. I'm still talking to you. Um, you may not have young people under your roof, but I'm sure that there's young people in your family somewhere, right? Uh, do your friends have kids or uh, do your coworkers have kids? Guess what? There's plenty of them right back there in kid zone as we speak. And Pastor Shauna uh, needs people to help her in kid zone. And part of what I'm talking about today is going to be done today in kid zone as well as your homes. But without a constant repetition uh, at home, the, the principles that we teach your kids here in, in kid zone, without you repeating some of those things at home, the hour or two that we get to spend with children at PFN is never going to be enough. In fact, it was never designed to, to be enough. That doesn't make that hour or two that we get to spend with kids less important. It makes it even more important. 
But that's why our crew back there are not babysitters. They're not just back there just to, to watch all of our kids. They are watching our kids, but they're also teaching them about a lifelong relationship with Jesus. One of my favorite uh, scriptures is Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. But it's also a, a verse that parents have questioned me about many, many times, especially parents who, who have raised their kids, but then the kids are not in church and don't have a relationship with Christ. This is what this Proverbs Proverbs says, it says, train a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not turn from it. There's other versions that say, teach a child in the way he should go. Teach them because they don't know yet, right? Train the child because it takes development. It takes more than just teaching a child. That's why it's so important You know, I'm preaching to the choir here. You are here today, but that's why it's so important that your kids are in church. For if we miss a time at church, then we are missing a very important training session for our children. For you to follow up with your child at home and disciple your kid. And if you're thinking, well, I don't know how to do that. Pastor Shauna can can give you information about what they are being taught in KidZone. We post a weekly video on Facebook for you to watch. And you can just watch those things with your child and, and discuss them. But for the rest of our time here together, I want to talk about your home. Last week, we talked about the foundation of the family, about God's design, about his plan for the family. And today, we're going to secure the walls of that home. And we're going to look at these four different things, our spiritual identity, our authenticity, character, and discipline. All right, so let's just get right into this. First, our spiritual identity. There's a guy in the Old Testament named Joshua. And Joshua had the responsibility of taking over after Moses had died. Moses was the guy who got to lead all of the Israelites out of Egypt when they were in in slavery. And he got to lead them towards the promised land. But after he died, Joshua takes over. And Joshua leads the entire nation of Israel in a conquest of God's promised land. But right before he died, he gathered all of them together. He gathered the nation together and he gave them these final words of inspiration. And part of his speech is what's recorded in Joshua 24, verse 15. This is what Joshua says. As for me and my household, you probably know this verse. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. See, that's a great declaration, right? But we know that it takes uh, more than a declaration to follow Jesus. We have to do a whole lot more than desire our kids follow Christ. See, God created us with two sides. We have our, our physical side, but we also have our spiritual side. And because you and I get to inhabit the spiritual, the, the eternity, a whole lot longer than the physical, 
I think we were created even more spiritually than we were physically. We feel the physical. This is what we know. We function within the physical here, but we desire a spiritual connection with one another and with God. And it's this spiritual connection that makes life worth living. It's that spiritual connection that makes life fun. All of us in this room, all of you watching online have this desire to connect with God and with one another. You all have the desire to be loved. You all have a desire to matter in this world and have a purpose. So do your kids. But Satan is going to work overtime to make sure that your child is content with things that are superficial and only of this world. And he would be very satisfied if all of our kids were, were uh, just satisfied with money or fame or stuff. See, there's three areas that we can train our children to help them realize the spiritual, their spiritual identity in Christ. And so if you're taking notes here, that first one, that letter A there is security. Simply stated, uh, the family is supposed to be a place where our kids are loved unconditionally, right? Did anyone have to teach you to love your child? No, of course not. It happened naturally. God gave you that ability to love your child. It's how we were designed. They don't have to earn our love. They just have our love. Our kids should be secure in knowing that they are going to be loved no matter what. The second one there is significance. See, I believe that your kids, your grandkids don't just want to exist in this world. Now more than ever, we see that our kids want to belong to something bigger than themselves. They want to know that they're making a difference in their life and they want to be part of something that's going to last. And it makes me think of these kids that were just standing up here on this stage in our, our Think Big initiative. And in the past years, uh, past couple years, COVID had slowed things way down for our kids. But this past weekend, you heard what Jesus did. Jesus worked at Summit this weekend. Jesus worked at uh, St. Uh, David this weekend. Isn't it great that we have a church that gives our kids a place to serve as early as first grade? You don't get that everywhere. You do at PFN. Our, our kids are taught leadership skills from the time that they're in first grade leadership skills that are going to last them their entire life. And our kids get the opportunity, the chance to live out a life of significance at first grade. That's amazing to me. The third one there is strength. When life is hard, we, we have hope because we know that Jesus is above everything that we struggle with. There is a great strength in having hope in Christ. When our kids have something to hope for, it grants them a strength that other kids don't, don't have. 
Hope is an incredible, incredible weapon. And our families have the opportunity to train our kids to have a biblical worldview that the world doesn't revolve around us, that there's something bigger to our life. Listen, our world will not change. Our world will never change if all we do is hope that we get the right political leader in power. If that's where our hope is, then we might as well give up. Our world will change when our kids start following the right leader. And that's Jesus Christ. That's real strength. So the second wall of family here is authenticity. Authenticity means that we are authentic and genuine and we are real and we allow kids to be who they are. We allow our kids to be unique. And that means that we allow your kid to be a little strange and goofy, right? Anybody have a strange and goofy kid here? Don't raise your hand. They might see you. All right. We all do. (laughs) It's okay. All right. See, parents, you may not understand everything that interests your kids. You may not get it. You just won't. Some of the things that they're into are just going to seem pretty strange to you. And our kids get the opportunity in our families to discover that they have been fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. God gave each of our kids individual gifts and talents and abilities. And as parents, we get to model authenticity to our kids. If you're taking notes here, the first one is us being vulnerable to our kids. They need us to be vulnerable to them, and which means that they need the freedom to be vulnerable to you. The leadership trainer, maybe you've heard of her, her name is Benet Brown, talks about uh, vulnerability a lot. And this is how she describes it. She says, it's the emotion that we experience during times of, uh, uh, during times of uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. See, our kids' insecurities don't change the way you love them, do they? If they're insecure about something, it doesn't change the way that you think about them. It doesn't change the way that you love them. They also need to see the places where we are not so sure of ourselves. Parents, let's be as genuine to our kids as we would want them to be to us. It doesn't mean that we have to share everything with our child, but we can't explain ourselves to our kids. Don't be afraid to to share with your kid of while you're feeling the way that you do. Be age appropriate. Of course, a a kindergartner is not going to be able to take all the heaviness that comes with an adult life. But your kids need to understand that it's okay for us to be vulnerable. Second is be candid. Be candid with your kids. Give your kids a a freedom to be able to speak and speak their mind. And I I need to be transparent here. Um, My kids would tell you that this is not my strong point. I need to really work on allowing my sons to speak their minds without reacting to it and uh, getting offended by it. See, when our kids speak candidly to us, we have to be vulnerable enough to listen to them. 
and to take what they are, what they are saying. Because it really doesn't matter where the truth comes from, right? If it's truth, it's something we need to hear. And as parents, we need to be prepared to, to eat some crow sometimes. We need to be prepared to humble ourselves. We may not like everything that our kids have to say about our parenting, but let's talk about it. And the last part of authenticity is to give everyone the freedom to make mistakes. Parents and grandparents that are here today, I want you to be honest. How many of your kids have made a mistake in their life? How many of them have made a bad decision? All of them, right? All of them. Do you love them any less because they made a mistake and they messed up? No, of course you don't. Do they know that? Do they know that? Because if they don't know that, it's time to have a very serious conversation with your kids. The third wall of the family is building character in our kids. Uh, character can be described as doing what is right as God has defined what is right. All right, L let me say that again for us. Character is doing what is right as God has defined what is right. It's doing the right thing when the right thing isn't, ex isn't expected. There's a prophet in the Old Testament named Hosea. He put it this way. He said, who is wise? Let them realize these things. Who is discerning? Let them understand. The ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them, but the rebellious stumble in them. See, as parents, I, a lot of times, I, I got to be honest again, I think a, a lot of our parenting is just trying to get some sort of behavioral modification we just want our kids to do the right thing. We just want our kids to pick up their stuff, right? Right? We just want to have a meal without fighting and arguing. We just want them to do the right thing, and it's frustrating sometimes, right? But we look at the behavior that we would want instead of looking at the character that we are trying to develop in our kids instead. Let's develop character in our kids so that they want to do the right thing. Our kids have to know the Lord in order to, to discern what is the right thing to do. And as parents, we tend to look at the fruit instead of the root. We tend to look at what our kids are doing instead of the character that's behind what they are doing. We think, oh, well, as long as they're behaving and they're not embarrassing us, I guess we're all good. No, we're not. Let's look at the character of our kids. And parents, when we influence our kids' character with the love and the grace of Christ, their behavior is going to follow. It's going to come naturally out of what we have instilled within our kids. They need to see what the life of biblical character looks like. I, I like this quote. Uh, um, it said that we want our kids that are thermostats, not thermometers. We want kids that will change the world, not just react to it. And so two parts of building character real quickly here. Of course, first one would be faith. Faith. 
This is as simple as teaching our kids that God is who he says he is and God is going to do what he says he's going to do. That God is trustworthy. Let's build that faith in, in our God. Every single week in, our, in Kid Zone, our kids are taught this principle and you can help them. The second one uh, simply here is poise. Poise. Now, when I think of the word poise, I, I, I think of that uh, model or maybe that ballerina or something like that, graceful. Uh, but poise also is um, simply a keen sense of appropriateness. Poise is a keen sense of appropriateness. It's living in the realm between what the world expects of them and what Jesus desires of them. A life of poise is never being afraid to do the right thing. And our kids will never understand what that is if we don't take the time to develop that character within them and the relationship with Jesus. And then fourthly, or lastly, that fourth wall of the family is discipline. We live in a society where we want everything yesterday, don't we? We want everything uh, immediate. We've lost our patience with one another. We rarely take the time to discipline ourselves, to take the time to invest in one another and even into our kids. It takes time to discipline. It takes time to do things right. And if only our Bible would have some sort of instruction on what this would look like, guess what it does? Um, the earliest example, the earliest family of God is found in Acts chapter 2, after the church has started. And so go ahead and turn with me there. It's also in your notes. Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 42. This is the start of the church. This is Jesus has spent 33 years on earth. Jesus was crucified on the cross. He uh, was resurrected and now he has ascended into heaven and the church is starting. It says, verse 42, that they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to the number daily those who were being saved. So I want to take you through uh, some examples of what your home can do. Uh, my challenge for you this week is to go home and to actually develop a family plan. How can we take these, these different things here mentioned in this verse and how can we take this home? What can we change at our house? Even if it's just two of you, even if it's just a couple, or even if it's just one of you, how can you change? How can you change to incorporate these things into your life? The first one is this, consistent meals. Consistent meals, verse 46. Every day, 
they continued to break bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. There's a family therapist from Harvard named Ann Fischel. And she, she wrote this. She said, I sort of half joke that I would be out of business if more families would have regular family meals together. Because many of the things that I try to do in family therapy actually get accomplished by regular dinners. Wow. A consistent family meal time has been proven, proven to be one of the single best ways that we get to develop our children physically, cognitively, morally, and spiritually. And I know it's hard. I know our schedules are so, so busy. I get it. I'm there with you. But if you're only eating together maybe once a week, then try to add a meal or two during this week where everybody is meeting together around that table. Make the effort. Discipline yourself to do what's right. The second one here is devotions. Verse 42. They've devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. And again, Kids Zone, Pastor Shauna and her team can help you with this. You can ask uh, Pastor Shauna. I know that she will be glad to give you something to talk to your kids about. They're, whatever they're learning in Kids Zone this week, she has something for you that you could take home to teach your kids, right? The reason I hear for a lot of parents and they say, well, pastor, I would do that, but I just don't know enough of the Bible myself. And, and what if I say something wrong? And what if I mess up? Then why don't you be vulnerable enough to allow them to teach you this week? They just heard it in kids zone. Let them teach you. The point is to discipline yourself to be part of the spiritual upbringing of our kids at home. Number three is serving together, verses 44 and 45. All of the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And I know I mentioned this last week, but I believe it is so important for families to, to serve together. And if you need some ideas, just talk to one of our staff members. I know that we could give you some ideas of places to serve with. I know that the Midwest Food Bank would love for a family to come and volunteer there. Our staff is going to take an entire day out of our time, out of our busy week, so that we can go to Midwest Food Bank and, and, and volunteer there together as a family with our church, our staff family. Or maybe today. Again, some of you are going to go home, you're going to eat a quick meal, and you're going to change, and you're going to go meet us over at Summit to serve there today. Let's discipline ourselves enough so that we start serving one another. And finally, prayer and fellowship. Verses 46 and 47. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. Let me ask you, what would it look like if you invited a family into your home and ate a meal together? 
What would it look like if you called another family and went out to eat and you had an intentional conversation about God? You know what that's called? It's called discipleship. It's called family discipleship. See, you are never, you've never been meant to family in a silo. We are in this together. And there's a family in this congregation. There's a family that's watching from home that's just as hungry for connection with others as you are. And if you want help, I know that Pastor Callie, our discipleship pastor, would love to help you organize something to invite people over to your home, to break bread with one another, and to have an intentional conversation about what God is doing in your life. That's discipleship. So we close today. I just want to pray for our families. And I know we have altars here on both sides. And if parents, if you just want to come and just lay yourself before the Lord, if you just want to come and say, you know, this is the toughest job I've ever done in my life. I get it. I understand that. But it's also the most important thing that we'll ever do. And so if you'd like to come forward, I just want to give you some time uh, to come forward either side here just to come before the Lord and ask for his assistance in helping you be the best family you can possibly be. You can go ahead and stand up and come forward if you would like. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity as families are coming forward. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come before you and to ask the designer of the family for help in what we're doing. Lord, we, we have tried so hard. Some parents have tried so, so hard to make that spiritual connection with our children. And uh, for some, it just is, doesn't seem to be hitting home and they're just not getting it. And, and as we start our prayer time, I want to lift up those parents today. I want to lift up those parents that have just given hours and hours and trying their best pleading with you to intervene in the relationship that they have with their son or their daughter, pleading with you to help that son or daughter turn over their life towards you. And so, Lord, I would ask that today that you would give them hope, that you would give them strength to never give up, to keep praying, to keep doing what they need to do. Lord, I'm praying for that family this morning that is struggling uh, whatever is, is going on in, in the house and things are causing stress there in the house and uh, relationships are, are a little frazzled. And Lord, I pray that you would invade that home with your peace, that you would be there with your presence, Lord, and, and they would find that time together as a family to sit down and to open your word or just to sit down to pray with one another. Just to ask, what are you facing uh, today? What can we pray for you for? And would you pray for us as well? Lord, I pray that this would be a week of peace for those families that are, are in turmoil. Lord, I pray for uh, Pastor Shauna and all of her team back in KidZone as she is doing her best to, to help raise our kids to teach them the, these principles that we've talked about, to, to teach them that you are who you say you are and you're going to do what you are said you're going to do, that you are faithful and you are trustworthy. 
and you are worthy of serving. And so, Lord, would you get, get, uh, give her the strength that she needs today? I know she's not feeling well and the stress of all the things that are coming up and a busy week with VBS. Lord, could you use this week of VBS as a catalyst for our families? to take what our kids learn here in this room and the other rooms in our campus here at PFN, to go home and to even teach mom and dad, our grandma and grandpa, what you have taught them, how you have touched their lives. Lord, would you use our kids to touch the lives of parents and grandparents? Lord, I pray for your family. Lord, I pray for all of the families that are represented in this room and those that are watching online today. Lord, may you change this world. May you change this county. May you change this town. And would you do it with our families as we learn together, as we train one another, as we serve together, as we do something as simple it's clearing out an evening so we can eat around a table and talk. Lord, may your blessing be upon all of our families uh, this week. May we come back next week with, with a lot of praise on what you were able to do with families this week. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for who you are and the strength that you give us. Help us, Lord, to parent exactly how you want us to parent. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.